Hello, hello, fellow dreamer, and welcome back to the Dream Your Life podcast. This is Julia, and I am so happy that you are here with me today. It is Friday, September 2nd, um, and it's going to be a beautiful Labor Day weekend. I was actually supposed to release this episode yesterday, but you know what? I didn't. And there's a takeaway here that I want to share with you guys. So yesterday I had just too much on my plate. I think we all know those days. And I I woke up and the ceiling was leaking in my, my daughter's room. Water was dripping onto the floor, soaking wet. And I hadn't really slept the night before because I'd gotten kicked out of my bed, my own bed, literally kicked out. My two kids... Um, are coming in. My two older kids are coming in almost every night now, actually every night, and I'm too tired to get them back into their own bed. So I've been just making a little pile of pillows on the floor and sleeping on the floor. Well, barely sleeping on the floor. Um, And I had, yesterday was a back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back client call day. And this feeling, I woke up and I just, I felt, I could feel it coming on. This feeling of being rushed and having stressors like the leaky roof and I know this feeling because it used to give me pretty bad anxiety and I don't like to be or feel rushed or let anyone down because I'm late or you know something isn't done on time and I think I also used to always feel like I had to put out the fire as soon as I saw it if you know what I mean like the the fire in this case was the leaky roof. And Alex, he's really good at sort of just like waiting for things, like taking his time. Like he doesn't feel like he has to pay the parking ticket as soon as he sees it on his window, which I do. And um, and I know that this comes from the fact that I grew up in a family where we would get to the airport like four hours before the plane would take off. And Um, you know, I was always the first person to get to school, always the first in line. And if there was something that needed to be done, it was done immediately. Like the idea of paying a late fee for something would drive my mom absolutely bananas. (laughs) And so I picked that up too, always. So being late to things and not getting things done right on time does trigger some anxiety for me. But And this is not to blame my mom at all. I think in a lot of ways, this is a great trait. But what I've realized, and here's the lesson, is that our energy is everything. And when we prioritize our mental well-being, all the other stuff, the fires to put out, well, the flames don't get as big, if I'm going to stick to this analogy, when we feel good. And when we have, you know, an energy and we're, we're coming from a place of calm. So yesterday morning, rather than getting all this stuff done um, and then getting this intro done to the podcast and writing the show notes and publishing the episode, I decided to throw on my shoes and go for a run. Because I know that when I go outside, get outside and move my body and get a sweat in, my energy, my vibration rises and I feel so much better every single time without fail. 
I think for some people it's meditation that does this or yoga or breath work. For me, it's running. And so that is what I prioritized yesterday. And guess what? I didn't actually have time to get my show notes in or get this intro recorded because I was back to back until 4 p.m. And then I had committed to meeting two girlfriends. Well, I was really excited to do this um, for dinner in Malibu at 5 p.m. So I had to leave um, right when I was done and I just didn't have time. And you know what? It's okay because I'm releasing the episode today and no one was hurt in the tardiness here. And I had a really wonderful day yesterday. Truly, my client calls were all so powerful and I felt so connected to each person that I spoke to. We, we, there were breakthroughs, there were ahas, there was a lot of stuff we got done. And I just felt really good all day. And also Alex ended up calling the plumber, so he got off, that off my hands. Everything was fixed, the ceiling is fine. Um, and just, you know, all good things happened. And of course they did, right? Because that is the law of attraction in action. I could have focused on the stressor of the leaky ceiling and I could have focused on the fact that I didn't get any sleep or that I didn't get the podcast in and my energy, well, no, you know, I could have gotten the podcast in, right? I could have been stressed out and gotten it in and my energy would have suffered. And I am willing to bet my day wouldn't have gone as great. And also I wouldn't have this story to share, which I think is is a really great reminder to all of us. So the point on all this is prioritize your mental well-being. Prioritize your own energy. I'd say almost over anything. And this is actually now that I'm saying this out loud, and it's it's a really beautiful segue into today's episode and conversation with Brianna Borton, because we talk about energy in this conversation and we go deep. So Brianna is an energy worker, and to be honest, I never really knew what that meant. So I um, I was really excited to explore it with her. And in this conversation, you're going to hear about what energy work really is and why we practice it and how we practice it. And Brianna also, and I love the way she does this, but she helps reframe the conversation around being low vibe or high vibe into one that's really around energy blockage or energy freedom. And we talk about what to do when you feel a blockage or when you have stagnated or closed energy, you know, that creates stress or anxiety or worry or distress and, and the steps to address it. But one of my biggest takeaways from this beautiful conversation is how we can alchemize the energy of our pain and our suffering and our anxiety into love. And she shares this really wonderful example of a step-by-step process around using energy work to connect deeper with a spouse or a partner, which when she gets into it, um, I just thought was so beautiful and so powerful. And um, I think you will too. And of course, we talk about how to use our energy to create and manifest a life we love 
And then finally, and this might be my favorite part of all, we talk about this, well, you'll hear, but it's how we can use sweetness and structure and space to create a life of balance and a life that we love. So um, I loved this conversation. I I hope you do too. If you find it helpful or valuable, please share it with a friend or on social media and tag me. And if you are enjoying the podcast, I would love, love, love if you haven't already for you to just drop a rating and a review on iTunes. I'd really appreciate it so much, especially if you've listened to a few episodes. The reviews really mean a lot to me. So thank you in advance. And for those of you who already have left a review, thank you. Thank you. Okay, without further ado, let's jump right into the conversation. Hello, hello, I'm Julia, and this is the Dream Your Life podcast. This podcast is your guide to intentionally creating the life of your dreams. We talk purpose and passion and love and work and money and family and attaining abundance across all of these things. I'm here because I know from my own experiences that with the right mindset, all of us can live our dream life. So join me and start dreaming your life today. Hello, hello, Brianna, and welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy you're here today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here, Julia. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. And um, I I just mentioned this to you, but um, I've spent the last couple of days just reading through your bio, looking at your Instagram. I've actually um, listened to you as I was on a run today on on a podcast you were on. And there's so much wisdom that I am excited for you to share with us. Um, But Brianna, I love to start with gratitude. So if you could start and share just three things that you're grateful for today, I'd love to kick it off that way. Mm, So great. Today, I was actually just talking to my Love Rising group about gratitude and we were naming all the things you're grateful for. Oh, no way. I love it. I was just like so many things like indoor plumbing and Yeah. (laughs) yeah electricity. Um, so, you know, there's kind of those big things that I'm grateful for, but I'm really grateful for in a more kind of, uh, intricate way today. I'm grateful for my husband's family. We are visiting them right now and it feels just so nice to get to connect with them and all their intricacies and especially his mother. So grateful. Where are you visiting? Um, we are just North of Boston right now. So Okay, nice. Beautiful. We love, I love visiting the East Coast in the summer. So me too. It's so beautiful. And then I'm really grateful for art, actually, is the other thing I was thinking about a lot today is performing art and also, you know, painting and sculpting. We've really been diving into so many different artistic things since we've been on this vacation. And I'm just grateful for art and artists and the way that we express ourselves this way. And so beautiful to me. I love that. And the third thing I'm grateful for is just feeling so good in my body. This is one of the days where I'm very aware of how good it feels to be embodied today. Mm -hmm. So feeling Mm -hmm. grateful. 
what is what does that feel like to you? Hmm. Um, it feels like what I imagine, like, I guess it feels to me like eating a really delicious meal where everything like the mm-hmm. sensation is actually so good. The texture is good and the taste is good. And the yeah. ambience is good. That feels like it expresses the way it feels to me to feel good in my body is just like all, everything is on point and my muscles feel good. I feel healthy, yeah. energetic and yeah, just so many great ways of feeling into my body and then feeling like, oh, it all really is aligning today. Totally. Do you feel like it's a day by day thing or do you think we go through seasons where we feel that alignment in our body or? It's a good question. I mean, I feel like there are both kind of like overarching seasons, but just like a regular season, I guess you have some days that are cloudy and some days that are sunny. Yeah. Yeah. Bit, but I definitely notice for myself that you know when I I can have like a long span of time where I'm just feeling really great, and then other times where maybe I'm managing an ache or a pain or something else that feel like I'm less that and. Mm-hmm. I always try to remember during those times that the times that I feel good to really notice it because there are going to be other times where it doesn't feel this way. So it's nice to be grateful when it's happening. Yes. I love to do that too. When I, um, when I am getting over a cold or just like any kind of illness, and then I realize, oh, wow, I'm feeling really healthy right now. And then just to really be aware and recognize like, I have no aches. I have no stuffy nose. I feel alive because it, it's like that, that kind of energy and that feeling. I, I think that's also when the law of attraction really comes into play and you get more of that vibrant feeling. Oh, a hundred percent. I love that. I mean, I even think about that with, I mean, it's kind of a funny analogy, but I also think of this a lot with my staff, like when everyone is happy and we ever, we have all the right positions filled with all the right people and everything is like everything smoothly running. Yeah. Like, ah, I just know that during those moments, I always pay attention like this yeah. is right now. And I know that things change and it will, will run into issues again. Cause that's how it always goes. But mm-hmm. it's more I'm aware of when it's good, it feels like the more good it gets hundred percent. And it's so, because it's so easy to be aware of when it's bad and to kind of exacerbate that. And, and you know, and then you kind of like get into that kind of negative energy. But if you can also do that when you feel really good, you get all of the benefit. hundred percent. So good. Um, okay. Well, I, I, I want to get into, I feel like this could be a good segue into the energy work that you do, but I also want, um, listeners to hear a little bit about your story because, um, now I've heard it a, a couple different or just different pieces of it. Um, but I would love for you to share it in a way, sort of like talking about how perhaps conscious manifestation has played a role in getting you to where you are today. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, a lot of times when I share my story, I start with when I was going to art school and I broke my neck in a car accident and it really shifted my life hugely because I no longer could go to art school. 
I was very afraid everyone, including all the doctors were very afraid that I would become paralyzed or die like at any given moment. And that lasted longer than one would hope. And, uh, by the time I was stabilized, I definitely had a, a knowing in my being that this is such a precious opportunity that we get to be alive Mm -hmm. and that we really don't have any guarantee of how long we get to live. There's nothing you get, you can do. You don't die early because you're bad. You know, we don't get sick because we're bad, right? None of those things are true. And so that we could be here one day and gone the next was such an awakening to me. And I really feel like was the start of my awareness of really consciously creating my life the way Mm -hmm. I want it to be. Because I no longer wanted to um, wait, really. It was more like, if I want to do something, I am going to move forward toward that now. Yeah. And so in that way, I feel like it really kicked me off. I decided to go travel through Europe. Then I decided to stay and live in Europe. And then I, you know, it was just like, whatever I felt like was calling me, I really moved toward. And in my healing of my neck, I very much had an experience that energy work was, I mean, it was the only thing that helped me feel better. And so I knew that I wanted to work with energy with people. And so the rest of my career, basically, since that point has been aiming towards the direction of healing and energy work. And I also have, you know, it's interesting. There's this conscious manifestation part of me. And there's also this, you know, I have a little rebellious aspect of my, Mm -hmm. (laughs) my nature, a little like, don't tell me what to do situation. Um, And I notice that the universe has a plan for me for this life is Mm -hmm. very much in the energy work, healing modality, um, uplifting and elevating the consciousness of humans. And I sometimes think I want to do something else randomly, like start a cafe in the universe. No, that's not what you do. That's not for you. Um, It's been this really interesting combination of co-creation of Mm -hmm. what is done with the life force of this human feels very much like I'm not alone in choosing and moving it forward. Um, and that when I get off track, I get brought back on track in some way, whether sometimes it's nice and gentle if I listen and if I don't, then it gets more and more dramatic until there's no none of back on track and here I am. Yeah, I love that. And I want to 100% circle back on that because I have a few questions. But but first, I want to just touch or ask you about energy work, because I think, um, you know, especially now, people hear about this all the time, right? And, and people sort of know about Reiki. And but like, if you had to just explain what energy work is, well, maybe you could, we can start with 
how energy work actually healed you. So when I broke my neck, I was, I was stabilized at the point in which I was getting energy work and my, I was wearing a neck brace. I was in so much pain though. And I really couldn't take pain medications because I was very, had big reactions to them that were not positive. And I really couldn't do that much because I was managing so much pain. And my stepmom, who is brilliant, um, I love her so much, was like, well, maybe we should get you a massage from a nurse who would know where to touch you and where not to. And there was this woman who was also an energy worker who she made me an appointment work with. And it turned out that really it was very hard to touch me at all, um, just because of the amount of pain I was in. And so she just did energy work, nothing else. And we had three sessions together. And after three sessions, I did not have any pain anymore. It was completely gone. And I was able to work while wearing my neck brace. I couldn't drive anywhere. So I had to walk everywhere, but I was able to get a job and make money and, you know, save up to go move somewhere else, you know, do something more with my life after my neck was healed. And so it felt like a really big miracle to me that that was possible. Well, and it was something I had never been exposed to before that time. I mean, this was, you know, in 1999 when like yeah. nobody knew about energy work, really <laughs> very few people. So going um, into it, were you skeptical or were you just totally open? I was pretty open. I had actually started on my spiritual path, at least somewhat starting at like 12 when I read the Tao Te Poo and, um, also given to me by my stepmom. She really has been integral in my yeah. evolution. Yeah. And, um, so I was open. I was definitely not, I was, you know, of course I think healthy skeptical, but not yeah. the way that made me close down to it. Um, and so I felt open, which was great. I think that's a very important part of energy work is that the yeah. recipient is open. Um, yeah. And, and it was magical. It, so Brianna, what, um, you know, I actually, I mean, I, I obviously I have a podcast on manifestation. I believe in law of attraction. I've been on a spiritual journey for, you know, 15 years, but I have never done any real energy quote unquote work in terms of, I, I actually haven't even done Reiki yet. So can you explain what this actually looks like? What is actually being done? Yeah. So, and just to like a caveat is that energy work looks, there's, it's like being like, what does massage look like? I'd okay. 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 <laughs> what type? Getting yeah. right. So Reiki is a very specific type of energy work. Um, and it has, it's very, it's more systematized than I would say the energy work that I do is, um, but it's beautiful, has its own beauty to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the energy work that I do is what I would call like intuitive energy work. That is, um, I have been trained Well, I was trained in Reiki. Actually, I don't do it at all anymore, but just to point toward that, I did do yeah. that. Um, and then I did, um, Qigong, uh, Qigong energy healing training. I've also done Ayurvedic energy healing training, and then I've done a lot of Taoist healing training. And so that's really where my lineage comes from is kind of a combination of those things. But interestingly, the majority of the energy work I do is, has what I feel like has been downloaded into me. 
And this was like way before people were like, I downloaded a program. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, I was in 2003 doing breath work and a whole system of energy work was downloaded into me when I wasn't even really looking for it. And it really is um, what I see is uh, it started then and it's evolved since then, but the beginning parts were that I could see shapes really well, like, um, it's a little hard to explain, but like, mm-hmm. I could, I can see it within somebody as shape and to see that it is either working or not working to make things fit together. Mm-hmm. And so you may, I'm going to make it really simple. It never yeah. looks like, but it would be like, if it should be a triangle, but instead it looks like a rhomboid. And you're like, oh, that's not supposed to be a rhomboid that to fit there, it would need to be a triangle. So then I can rearrange the energetic lines to make the right shape so that it fits back into the system and then flow happens again through the energy. And so that's where it started. And from there, you know, now with following my path, I've learned to do that plus much more like energetic healing on ancestral lines, on energetic lines from, I'm going to use this in quotes, which you can't see, but like past lives, which I'm not going to get into. It's a little more complicated. Yeah. Yeah. The energy of the lives that you've lived before, um, any of like the stagnation or blockages or excess that could come on any of those lines. So now it's more than I'm just seeing the shapes I can kind of see or sense like all of the lines around you and all the energy in you. And then the energy also held within the physical body. And then all of that just is just rearranging. Sometimes it's a matter of removing things, but most of the time it's about incorporating it into the whole with just a lot of love and compassion and care. And I feel like it's one of the things that I is one of, you know, kind of my medicine for the world is how much can we love? And Mm -hmm. when we make these pieces in people where there's challenge or, you know, there's um, maybe there was like a trauma and it made a fraction, like we fracture ourselves a lot when we experience traumatic events. And so then there ends up being like, almost like two simultaneously living entities and they need to recombine together. And so I do that just through bringing them together in love and uh, feels like a really beautiful way to get to move through the world and support people. And, you know, we run up against all the things, you know, not wanting to love and the challenges of all of that. But um, I know that it makes a huge difference and, energy work is so amazing because we can shift so much on the energetic plane, um, in more, uh, complete ways quicker than I feel like we can on the tangible plane. And then they just integrate into the tangible world. Um, but then of course there are challenges for people integrating. And so then we do that work too, to make sure that it sticks. Wow. This is so fascinating. And thank you for breaking this down for me, because I think I I hear about it a lot, but it, it's very hard to kind of conceptualize something you've never actually experienced, but I'm going to ask you just like a series of maybe like, you know, energy work one-on-one questions, if you don't mind. Um, but so the first one is, um, 
can anyone do energy work? And um, if yes, can you do it on yourself? Yes. So I believe in humans and therefore I believe any human could do this. And I also believe that we can a hundred percent do it to ourselves. It's just harder, right? It's, um, I don't know. It's like being able to hold the focus and the space and then do the work on ourselves Mm -hmm. tends to be just a, like, a more advanced move, I guess I would say, um, but not impossible at all. And I think especially very basic energy work, I think everyone can do. And I actually encourage everyone to start with, you know, especially people that want to do energy work out in the world on other people, you definitely want to start with yourself because, um, you want to be a pretty, clear vessel for energy work. And that doesn't mean being perfect, but it is like an awareness of understanding. Otherwise it can lead to people feeling very tired, exhausted, drained, Mm -hmm. um, and like convoluted in their own energy when they aren't, when they don't have the training, honestly, I think that that's the big thing. I hear a lot of people talking about doing energy work and then feeling exhausted. And I feel like, ah, come to me. I will show you how to do it without being tired. Cause, um, I think that it's hard to hear that it makes other makes people feel like it's an unsustainable thing to do where, mm-hmm. um, the way I approach it. It's very sustainable. And actually, uh, I feel great at the end of the day. I never feel depleted from it. Wow. So do you think, um, like for, for people who are true empaths, like, is that harder for them to do this kind of work? No, you know, I actually think that true empaths have a really wonderful skill toward this work. Actually. Um, I really think that being empathic is, um, really useful in energy work. It's just that, um, there are skills to learn, to be able to, um, be empathic and also hold the core of your own energetic being in a more dense and powerful way so that you don't get confused. Um, I think that what happens a lot is that we're empathic and we, that's where it ends. Right. And mm-hmm. then we want to avoid people because it's like, dang, I don't want all that. Right. Yeah. Which is so understandable. And I think that I really wish that there was more conversation in the world about what to do if you're an empath, because it's not the end of the game. It's not like I'm an empath and therefore this is just how I have to feel. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you're an empath, you have amazing abilities, amazing capacity. And there are things that you will want to learn in order to not feel drained, tired, or taken over by other people's emotions or energetics. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I hope that people who are listening, you really hear that. Cause I think that that it is, it's, it's the way you phrase that it's empowering. It really is. Um, okay. Another question I have for you is for you personally, Brianna, are, um, do you feel like you can sense kind of, and I, and I, I don't know if there's a better way to say this, but like quote unquote, good energy versus bad energy. I mean, when you're doing this work, can you sense like, okay, Ooh, there's something negative going on here, or is this kind of a different arena? 
Yeah, I mean, I really, um, I hold humans in such an elevated way that I wouldn't ever categorize it as bad. Um, but I can definitely sense if there's something that is maybe not someone's right, like in their energy, which happens a lot, you know, you're like, oh, this, there feels like there's energy in your system. That's not yours. Um, Mm -hmm. or there feels like there's stagnated energy or closed energy. Um, and so those are more the ways I feel about, like when I feel into somebody like, oh, there's, there's something closed here. There's something stagnant here. There's something that isn't yours here. And all of those things are all able to be addressed. Um, and all humans have some degree of this and some more than others. And so it is all, we're all on this big spectrum, right. Of like, how free are we internally? And my goal is just to help my clients get fully free. I love that. So on that note, how, how do we as human beings use and leverage our own energy, um, in our lives to, you know, create, um, better relationships to build and create businesses that we love to, um, really, I mean, on a bigger scale, just start creating a life that we love. Yeah, this is a great question. The experience, uh, like the reason to do, I believe energy work is so that everything flows, right? That's, you know, we're getting everything unstuck and once unstuck, like once we are actually tapped in to the core of our being, which is one of the places that we go in energy work is right. Tapping into the core of our being and then clearing the field between that and action. So there's this first accessing that pure potential and desire within all humans build and then building it. It's not really building it, but it's like clearing the way so that it builds itself. And as it builds and builds and clearing the way so that it can actually move through in a really clear, unstaticky way mm-hmm. into existence. And then once our potential is moving through us into existence, then everything from that point gets built kind of like in the emergent field of creation. So our businesses are built that way. Our relationships are built that way. And we are holding on to less uh, past static, moving it forward and clouding our creation. It's more like clear creation, right? We, I want to create a business. It's coming from this place of pure potential and desire. Nothing is like in my way or pulling on me. My ego isn't in the way. And now it gets to be just me and creation. And in this way, we evolve what we create because we aren't evolve. We aren't creating from kind of all the stagnant, sticky places. Mm. I love the way that you're describing all of this because it's, so. I mean, I, I think about this in the same way. I mean, I'm very attuned with my own energy and I think most people are like, we know when we're not feeling, you know, high vibe or on top of the world, kind of like what you were explaining um, in the beginning of how you woke up and you just felt really in tune with your body. I think we all know that feeling of alignment and we also know when we're not feeling it. Um, but to think about it in this way of things feeling stagnant or stuck, um, is, is really interesting. 
versus just low vibe and high vibe. Like there's things that are actually blocking us. Yeah. And I think that the great thing about like kind of the uh, re-education around our languaging in that way mm-hmm. is that there can be so much, uh, it almost feels like a, like a little like shame or bad if we're feeling like quote unquote low vibe. Yeah. And what happens when we feel bad or guilty that then we have more of the same, right? It mm-hmm. can upon its own contraction and that creates so much more stagnation. And so if instead we can recognize it for just what it is, there's just a lot more compassion and a lot less inner judgment or even external judgment, maybe if it's of other people. And the, the more we remove judgment, the it's like a layer of uh, contraction gets released when that judgment is off. Right. And we're like, yeah. Oh, right. It's, we're really going towards freedom. And what does freedom feel like? Well, I guess we could describe that as high vibe, but it also is just in itself a more specific sensation that we're going for. Yeah. So how do you, how do you help your clients, um, really like identify the areas that are blocked without maybe actually doing the energy work on them? Are there certain techniques or, um, you know, something that someone can actually do to get that energy moving and flowing more easily through identifying those blocks and those areas of stagnation. Yeah. I mean, it kind of depends on like what it is, but I would say kind of in a basic kind of format, I would say when we go for what we want and then we, something stops, right. It's like where we have negative like inner critic stuff happening or we find ourselves self-sabotaging or getting distracted or all those things. So the first thing is awareness. Like, can you have awareness that something has happened between you and where you were going? Right. Cause as soon as there's awareness, we can start to look at like, okay, well what's there. And so then we go from awareness to bringing really clear, focused attention onto it and start to feel the sensation. There's almost always some sort of experience there that is sensational, right? Whether or not that feels heavy or uh, like squeaky or (laughs) itchy or rough or whatever it could feel so many ways, right? We feel into the sensations and we just be curious, like, okay, what's here? What is actually going on here? And sometimes when we get curious, what's here, there's experiences, there's past like life experiences, there may be emotions, and we just stay curious about the sensations and follow it and follow it and follow it and stay really, really clearly um, attentive and focused on the sensations and they move and they're kind of tricky, but if we stay with them and get curious and just keep inviting them, right? We're not focusing on them so that we can remove them. We're focusing on them so that they can get included in our love. Then we open up our hearts and invite them into love. Like, okay, I love you. You can be here. I see you and it's okay. I see you. I love you. You're part of this whole and you get to be reunited again with the whole. And as we reunite it with the whole through the heart fire, through our love, then it becomes alchemized with the rest of our being. And then usually that piece is then resolved. And so that opens up 
more freedom, more flow, and we get to go towards the thing that we were aiming to do in the first place until we meet the next obstacle. So, and then we would just repeat the process again and again. Wow. I love this. Can you walk through these steps with an actual example of like a block that would come up and where someone would feel the sensation and then how to, how they would then open their hearts and invite that love in? Yeah. So I guess I will use an example of, you know, maybe there is a feeling of wanting to connect deeper with a partner. Let's say like, I want to have a deeper, more connected experience with my partner. But so I would say, okay, well then what is the next step? Then, well, the next step would maybe to be having a conversation, just stating that, like, I want to be more connected to you. I want to have a deeper, more loving relationship. So I'd say, go do that. And then the feeling that comes up is the thing, right? It's Mm. like, either you go and do it and it's easy and you're like, okay, I'm ready. Or there's this feeling and let's say the feeling is like a tightness in the stomach. I would say like, okay, the sensation is tight in my stomach. It's tight and it kind of pulls my whole being backward. It's like, uh, uh, right. That feeling. Mm -hmm. So then I would say, stay with that sensation And just notice exactly what that sensation feels like diving into the middle of it. How big is it? How, um, like, what is the texture of it? What is the weight of it? Is there a color? Is there, what kind of sensation might possibly be there? And you just keep tracking it. Keep asking questions about it. Okay. Okay. Now it's no longer heavy. Okay. Now, how is it? Okay. Well now it's kind of smaller, but denser. Okay. Go into the middle of it. Okay. Now it expands and it's gotten much bigger. Okay. So you just keep tracking it until it gets to be kind of settled into one way. And I would say dive into the middle of it again and let it be, you know, as big as it needs to be. Don't try to make it smaller. Don't try to shut it down. Don't try to cut it out. Just let it be. And then you would like literally bring your awareness and attention into your heart center, feel the fire of your heart, open it up, like feel that nice expansiveness in the front and the back of your heart. And then invite that sensation up from that stomach, or if it stays in the stomach, it may move, but let's say it stayed in the stomach area, actually inviting that sensation to come and land in the heart and feel the fire of the heart, actually alchemizing it, transmuting it and transforming it into more of the same, which is all love, right? The heart is in charge of unconditional, all-inclusive love. And so as it transforms that experience, then you can kind of come back and it should be shifted, right? And if it is shifted, you just do it again and again and again. Wow. So this is all a really a mental visualization exercise. Well, there's definitely visualization included, but I actually think that the more that we feel the feelings rather than just think about the feelings, yeah, right? okay. rather than being in our mind about the seeing it, it's about like being in our bodies mm. and experiencing it that will make it more powerful. Wow. So in this example, let's say that going through this process a couple of times and, and then you feel the shift and you're not feeling that um, sensation of being pulled back, then is, is the goal that, that it becomes easier to go talk to your partner or do whatever it is that you want to be doing or what's the step from there? 
Yeah. So the next step would be to have the conversation, right. Mm-hmm. To go actually say the thing, do the thing. And then as the, as that progresses, there may be more there, right. There may be more feelings, sensations that you can be with and, and include, and they may have sensations that bring up sensations for you. And then you would need to include those too. So in this specific thing, there would be more steps after that, that you would maybe have more stagnation or uh, energetic blocks that you would need to continue to move through. But this is one of the ways in which we can do energy work on ourselves in a really effective and continuous way. Wow. I love that so much. And I feel like I'm going to go back to this and replay it for myself. Um, Cause I think it is so powerful. Even as you were just describing it, I, I was feeling those sensations and sort of feeling it in my heart, even though, you know, this, obviously I'm not going through that right now, but you can almost sense how powerful this could be. Um, it's amazing. It's I love like it. Powerful experience. I feel like. Yeah. So um, I want to now shift a little bit and and talk about your book and um, talk about the well life and kind of this idea of um, having it all, like having a life where that you love, right? And the, and a career that you love and a relationships that you love. And I think this is something that um, I talk about a lot and sometimes I, I actually, I, I feel like I want, I want to hold back because a lot of people don't want to believe it because they don't have it in their own life. And it doesn't feel good to think, you know, it's almost like if it, if you don't think it's possible, then you don't feel so bad when you don't have it in your own life. You know, you don't have the balance or it's, you know, maybe you're not loving your career and it just makes you feel better to be like, well, it's not possible. So this is fine. But I really believe that it is. And um, from everything that I've read and what you've said, you do too. So I would love to hear about, um, you know, the, the book and also this idea of the well life and these three fundamental principles that you talk about. Yeah. So the well life is a book that I wrote with my husband, Dr. Peter Borden, and it was so much fun to write and to bring forward so much of the pieces of wisdom that we've gathered that we've experienced that we've embodied in our lives to really start to create lives where there is what we would call like relative balance right within a realm of experience that is delightful right it's not that it nothing ever goes wrong it's yeah. not everything's perfect all the time but there's relative balance and there's an awareness when it's starting to get out of balance and you know what to do to bring it back into that relative balance again and so we really outline through the book this idea of using these three elements of structure sweetness and space and to actually apply these things to every area of our lives so having structure sweetness and space in our careers, in our relationships, in our eating, in our play, in our spirituality, and to actually see how structure, which is like, you know, how everything move, what everything moves through, right? We have to have 
structure. And I feel like sacred structure to me is so undervalued in the spiritual world. It's really overly valued in most of the world. It's like structure is the way, right? It's like structure, structure, structure. But then we get into the spiritual world and it's almost like no structure at all. We don't need any of that. And it's like, no, no, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We definitely need structure. It's like the banks of the river, right? You need the banks of the river so that things go where they need to flow. Mm -hmm. And so the structure of our lives and creating them as sacred and really valuing the structures that we create and honoring them in a way that allows them to support what we want to create in our lives is so vital. And then the next part is spacious space, which is like, there also needs to be space, like actual, literal, nothing, just space Mm -hmm. in our lives in order for things to arise and also die. There's an aspect of birth and death all the time happening, um, of ideas, of ways of being, of all of these things. And we as a culture are not super great with that part of it. So the more space we can create, the healthier the uh, area is in our life. And then sweetness, which is really just like the pleasure part, the Mm -hmm. fun, the creativity, the like "Mm, yummy feeling. Mm -hmm. The pleasure is so important. The sweetness is actually such an important aspect of all areas and that we will find ourselves really out of balance if we put all of the sweetness, say in our relationships, and then all of the structure in our work, and then all of the space just in our spiritual lives, but then they don't actually go into the other parts, right? If we don't have structure in our spiritual life, if we don't have sweetness in our spiritual life, then it gets out of balance and it just feels too airy and it won't actually help you move forward in the way that you want to. And if we don't have structure in our relationships, if we don't have space in our relationships, then they really struggle and the same for all areas. So the book is really about how do we create this in all, in all areas, as much as we possibly can. I love that so, so much sweetness, structure, and space. So what would you say for the woman or the man, the person who, um, you know, is in a career that they don't love where they don't have, maybe they have the structure, but they don't have the sweetness or the space, but they don't know how to get out of it. Um, or do you believe that every, everyone can create this in any given career or in any given profession? I think that it's always possible because the majority of our experience of sweetness, especially is an internal game, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, we can change our, we can change our attitude much easier usually than changing our circumstances. Yeah. It's something that we all have control of. So I think that we often believe that it is going to be the circumstances that dictate our experience of life. And it really makes us so much less empowered than I really believe that we have the capacity for. So I do think that it's always possible. And I think that everyone kind of knows themselves in a way where it's like, it is possible. And also, are you going to do it? Like, are you going Mm -hmm. to make the best out of this situation? 
or do you need to change the situation and actually put all of your effort for the amount of time it takes on making a transition in a way that, you know, doesn't harm your family, right? There's sometimes other pieces involved, like I'm the supporter of my family and I don't want to put us in a place where we aren't well cared for. And so with in actual reality being like, okay, are you either going to change your attitude about this so that you can enjoy your experience of your job? Or do you need to start taking the steps in a very calculated way so that you switch from one to the other without losing the fundamental kind of impact of what it needs to have in your life and on your family? Yeah. Yeah. So, so well said. Brianna, I've loved this conversation. There are just so many nuggets of wisdom. I'd love for you to share um, how people can connect with you, like what's going on in your world right now. Oh my gosh, so many things all in. <laughs> like I'm always creating so many ways to engage with me, doing doing free events, doing um, short programs, long programs, working with me one-on-one. And I would love to just continuously um, be in connection with everyone here. So the best place to find out what I'm doing in any given moment is to follow me on Instagram at Brianna Borton. Um, it's also all on my website, but at Brianna Borton on my Instagram, I have tried to keep everybody up to date on all the things I'm doing um, between like running masterminds and teaching classes on relationships and having memberships to work on our spiritual evolution. There's always lots going on that I would love Amazing. to share. With Amazing. I love it. And do you do, um, do you work with clients one-on-one as well? I do work with clients one-on-one in two ways. So I work with people in a mentorship capacity. If they are um, wanting to build their business, usually is the, I mean, every once in a while, it's people who are like CEOs or kind of like high powered executives of companies or, um, or entrepreneurs that want to really build something together, then I work in a mentorship capacity with people. And then I also work with people in a more energetic and coaching capacity in another, like if they want energy work to shift things and coaching to kind of work on mindset things. So um, yeah, I work with people in those two one-on-one ways. Amazing. Um, well, this has been again, so great. I would love to just, um, ask you, or if you have any kind of partying part, partying, parting advice or anything that's coming through that you'd want to share any message. Hmm. I think that actually, interestingly, right now, there's a very clear message coming through. This just like, really leaning into love and expanding Mm. our capacity to allow love in and to allow love through and to dive deeper into who you are as love feels such an invitation for us all. And I know that it is really the medicine that we all need right now. That is so beautiful and so true. It's all about love, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, thank you again, Brianna. I really am so grateful for you. Um, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and 
Um, we will connect again soon. Wonderful. Thank you, Julia. Thank Bye. you. Bye. And for everyone listening, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, week, month as well. And I appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram. The handle is dream your life now. I would love to hear from you. All right. Have a good one and talk to you soon.